that's when I just did, I did a complete 180. I started actually investing in myself. I started hiring coaches. I got involved in mastermind groups. I started paying attention to slowing down in order to speed up. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome back to another awesome episode of the Readily Random Podcast. Today, I've got a guest who is a phenomenal entrepreneur. He owns four different types of businesses, made all four of them super successful. He's a business coach. He talks about multiple ways of finding the opportunity to free yourself from just working all the time and actually getting more out of life and enjoying everything that you, that you do. And we're going to dig into that a little bit. He's a podcast host. He has two of his own podcasts. We'll talk about both of those as well. And we'll just take it from there, man. We're just going to have a great conversation and learn about the five roads that you can take to freedom, essentially, and financial freedom. We're going to talk about that more in depth with Joe Evangelisti. So, Joe, welcome to the show. Larry, thanks for having me on, brother. I appreciate it. Hey, man, it's my pleasure. And, you know, I, I did a little bit of the intro there, but if you would, give us some of the background, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. I my, my background is is really construction. I grew up in construction. I was always in construction. My dad, my dad was a general contractor, so I, I kind of grew up on the job site. And I remember, you know, as a kid, I being able to. My parents were divorced, right? So so it was like nights and weekends. Whenever I was with my dad, I, that was my that was like my 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 place. That was my space. I love being on on. And, you know, he would build houses. I love walking around, seeing like the chaos and you know the seeing something go from nothing to something, right? Like like the creationary, like the whole you know it was a mess and next thing you know it's like a home right so I love construction it's in my bones it always has been and you know right out of high school I actually went into the military to do construction I was actually in the U.S. Navy Seabees which most people don't even know it's a real thing I actually did construction in the Navy right so I never went on boats never went on ships I actually flew around the world on a big ass C-130 and C-5 airplanes and deployed to go do construction as a builder in the Navy got to do really cool different projects all over the world and all different places and did that for about six years and you know inevitably it led me into the real estate business construction fix and flip you know ended up building a bunch of cool teams and flipped about a thousand houses over the course of the last 15 years and now we build big construction uh, commercial stuff self store facilities like your public storage and your life storage and your extra space when you guys you know drive down the road where you put all your extra stuff in those garage bays right so we build stuff like that so construction has been my whole life and development and you know building teams and building building great companies you know, it's interesting that you're so heavily invested in the self-storage space. Uh, I have a client I just did a branding exercise with, and he's actually building a brand new self-storage facility from the ground up. And it just seems like that's where a lot of people are going right now, man. Is that really lucrative, especially in these times that we're experiencing right now? Matt, it's crazy. We could do a whole podcast episode on self-storage. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, we did it for a lot of reasons, but for me, it was the single family fix and flip business is a very transactional business. Like you have to just keep doing them, keep doing them, keep, you know, build a house, flip a house, make money, build a house, flip a house. And so the self-storage business is more of a cash flow business. We're pure developers. We build a self-storage. It pays me for life, right? So it takes a lot of work up front and, you know, I got to build this thing. I got to fill it. I got to put tenants in place, but now now I have this large asset which spits off cash forever, right? And so, you know, it's more of a scalable business model. It's a much, much bigger business model. But the way we looked at it was like, man, I could build one of these things and it's worth 10 times more than what I used to do in a year 
flipping houses, even though we were doing 80 to 100 houses a year, you know, I could do, you know, and so now we're trying to do 10, 15, 20 self storages a year, which is a massive undertaking, but, you know, it's a scalable business model and with a much more effective and efficient team, you know, there's just so many good reasons, but the industry itself is also super, super insulated. It's very recession, almost recession proof, you know, knock on wood, because it's a very diverse industry and it's not really affected like during COVID. It, it, there's very little effect on the self storage industry. Like there's not going to be eviction rules and things Based on your $65, $85 a month, you know, self-storage unit, like things like that don't affect us in this industry. It's a, it's an awesome industry. I, I enjoy it a lot. And it, we've just gotten into it in the last three years. So it's, it's interesting to see it grow cash flow. Yeah, that's cool. Cause like I said, I worked with Bo just at the beginning of this year and we worked together for several months coming up with the name of his facility and how we were going to, you know, market it and brand it in the whole nine yards. So it was kind of a cool experience. And that was really my first look at the self-storage industry. And uh, I, I liked what I saw a lot. And I think you hit the nail on the head right there with that cash flow word, cash flow. And, you know, I see so many entrepreneurs that jump out there and they start their own business or they think they've got it narrowed down to where they can support themselves doing their hobby now as a business, but yet they don't have that cash flow in place. And then that reality hits. And, you know, I think to be a successful entrepreneur, we need to have multiple streams of revenue and we have to have that consistent cash flow coming in. I mean, how else do we keep our head above the water, right? So is that part of your focus in the coaching that you do for entrepreneurs? Well, in order to explain that, Larry, I got to kind of take you back a little bit, right? So when I first got into business flipping houses, I, I was chasing. I don't know if you ever felt yourself doing this, but when I first got into business, man, I did everything. I was like, you know, the, the cook, the dishwasher. What's that saying? Like the, the bottle washer, the chief cook, the bottle, I don't know, whatever. But like I was everything, man. Like I was a I was a house flipper. I was a landlord. I was a, I had a broker's price opinion business. I was a licensed realtor with a team. I was bartending nights and weekends. Like like, dude, I was working 100 hours a week and I had a young family. I had two little girls. I had two dogs at home. I had a new mortgage to pay. And I was the guy who was like an island, right? Like I had, a, I had an assistant and I might've had one or two employees, but I felt like, man, if I just put more hours in, I'll be successful. Right, like if that, like I'm working 80 hours this week, I'll do 90 next week, and I'll, I'm gonna get it. Like I'll do more deals, I'll get more contracts, more things, and I'll just grind it out, right? And like, man, like I was like five years into my entrepreneurial venture when I took a look in the mirror and I was like, holy shit, man! Like you're gonna you're gonna have a fucking panic attack. You're gonna you're gonna kill yourself. You're gonna you're gonna stress yourself into the ground, and and like I, I wasn't taking care of my health. Right. I felt like shit. I was eating like crap all the time. I wasn't going to the gym. I wasn't leaving any time for myself. I wasn't being a good husband. I was missing my kids' events. I wasn't going to their horse rail practices. I was missing soccer games. I was missing the family barbecues. And like, I realized at that moment, like I had this switch go off in my head and I was like, I just can't do this shit anymore. Like how, how many different avenues am I going to chase? Right. And so like, I think a lot of us start out with, I need to build multiple streams of revenue, kind of going back to your point. And what I was trying to do was build multiple streams of revenue, but what I was doing was creating myself multiple jobs. And, 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 
man, it's a, it's a bad place. And let me guess, they were all underperforming. Every one of them. Like it was all, it was just a move money from this place to that place. And then all my mortgages do, let me pull it out of the business account and put it in the half the time. I, half the businesses didn't have a business account. It was like my personal checking account was financing the business. And you know, I was a hot mess, man. And like, and that's, I think, unfortunately, a way that a lot of entrepreneurs operate. Like they're not even, they're not paying themselves a paycheck. The money comes in, the money goes out, the personal accounts run on their business account, their advertising budget is, you know, part of their mortgage payment and vice versa. And they do marketing if they have the cash and they pay their mortgage if they have the cash and their car payment comes like, you know, and so I was in that like circle. And, And the crazy part was I was making money because I was hustling my ass off, but I never had money. Right? You ever had that thing where you get your tax return and you're like, there's no way I made this much money this year because I don't have that much money and I don't know where the hell it went. Right. Exactly. And that was the exactly. and that was like the, the aha moment, Larry, that happened to me where I was like, Man, I gotta do something different. I I gotta start focusing on building businesses to serve my lifestyle instead of businesses that I serve all day long. And that's when I just did I did a complete one eighty. I started actually investing in myself. I started hiring coaches. I got involved in mastermind groups. I started paying attention to slowing down in order to speed up and started paying attention to how I operate and who's on the, who's on the boat with me, who's on the bus with me and started creating, you know, great teams and great cultures and, you know, really creating businesses that work. Right. And that's really what got me into helping others do the same thing as I kind of saw the light at the end of the tunnel. And I was like, man, I ain't never going back to do that again. So when you saw that light, is is that really when we kind of stepped back and started looking at it objectively and developed your five roads? Yeah, absolutely. And the five roads are really, you know, what I kind of live today and what I kind of teach to all my coaching clients today is that, you know, you can have it all. You can do and live like I'm doing this podcast from my office right now. Like I, I spent this morning, I, I did my morning routine. I came home and I got ready with my girls and, you know, I took a little nap with my daughter, like, you know, like I I can, you can have it all. You can do what you want to do. And so like, you know, we talk about like different freedoms. Most people talk about financial freedom, right? But what we don't talk about is, is time freedom, controlling your own time, doing it at your own leisure, controlling your own life, right? You know, geographical freedom, being able to do it from wherever you want. Like I could be taping this from Puerto Rico if I felt like it, you know what I mean? Like I doesn't, I can be wherever I want. My businesses operate no matter where I'm at. Right. Right. Especially with today's technology with Zoom. I mean, I could run my companies from anywhere. Like I, I, I had three meetings today with my companies from this same exact location. Right. And like, you wouldn't tell, but I mean, I could be wearing my pajama pants if I, <laughs> if I wanted to. Right. So like, you know, having the ability to have these different freedoms and everybody always focuses on financial freedom. The reality of it is we should be focusing on the other type of freedoms because when we start to unlock those freedoms, the finances follow. Like money is the easy part, but we always take money first. We always look at money first. And so when we look at the five roads to victory, which I'll talk to you about in a second, those are the things that unlock the money, right? We're always chasing the paycheck. What we should be doing is chasing the real estate between our two ears, right? Getting better up here. This is the stuff that makes us better. Of course we are. It's so scary not to chase the money though, because I mean, we're programmed. That's why we get up in the mornings and we go to our nine to five and we report to our desk and we sit there for nine hours doing some mundane task that we hate, knowing that if we died, they're gonna replace us in a week. They don't care about us either, but we have to have that money. We have to pay those bills. We have to make that car payment. So how do we get beyond that? How do we get beyond that fear of the financial restraints that, I mean, literally allow us to survive. How do we look beyond that and focus on the things that are important? 
I'm glad you asked that question, right? Because the first thing, and by the way, these things are universal, right? It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, doesn't matter where you live, doesn't matter what you do for a living, doesn't matter what your sexual orientation is, doesn't matter who you are, right? These things are absolutely universal and, and they work in all walks of life because I've coached in many different industries and these things work no matter who you are, right? And so to add to what you just said, the first thing, you know, you have any idea what it is? <laughs> No, I really don't. That's why I'm asking. I'm trying to learn something, man. It's mindset. Mindset. There you it, go. It's, mind, it's mindset, right? Because most people, most people think I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not educated enough. I'm not capable, right? I haven't done it before. So how the heck would I know how to do it, right? I shouldn't take that, I, you know, so we talk ourselves out of it. And so what happens is, I don't know where you have your best thoughts. Like I have my best thoughts in the shower and when I'm driving, right? Do you ever have these like great ideas? hundred percent in the shower. I'll be like, honey, I'm going to run through the shower. I get in there and I get, and my mind just opens up, dude. It's crazy. That is where all of my real thinking takes place is right there in the shower. I've literally invented businesses in the shower and yeah. executed on those businesses, right? But what happens when we have those amazing ideas, Larry, is immediately, almost immediately when you have a great idea and you're like euphoric, like you could feel like your shoulders go back, your chest goes up. You're like, yes, almost instantly you start hearing voices, right? But you hear these voices, they start nipping. They're like, yeah, but yeah, but that's risky. That's scary, man. I, I don't know. Do you have the team for that? Who's going to help you with that? That's that you're going to have to invest a lot of money to make that happen. It's going to take a lot of time. Do you have the time for that? When is this going to happen? Who? I don't know if your wife's going to go along with that, man. That's kind of crazy. You had that crazy idea last year, right? And so what happens is we're rationalizing the idea. Our subconscious starts to rationalize this great idea you just had. Now, if you break that word down, Larry, into two parts, we're telling ourselves rational lies about why this great idea isn't going to work, okay? And so our mindset is so powerful because our mind is based on past experiences, and guess what? We've all had problems. We've all fucked up. We've all failed at something. We've all stumbled. We've all had obstacles. We've all had these trials and tribulations that, that, that led us to this point. And so when we have these great ideas, our mindset, our subconscious is here to protect us. So its first reaction is to keep us from going and doing something that could be potentially risky or to potentially unsafe. Because guess what? 10,000 years ago, right, you had to go hunt for your food. Right, and if you thought to yourself, "I have this great idea, I'm going to go eat tonight," right, your your subconscious had to say to yourself, "Hey, man, you better be careful because there's a saber-toothed tiger that might kill you if you go eat tonight," right? But guess what? It's 2021, and there's no tigers out there looking to kill you, right? You're safe. You have food, shelter, water. Most of us do, fortunately, right? For the most part, we're safe. But we have these great ideas, and our subconscious is still programmed to keep us stuck. In the, in the position we're in. So we have to reset. So what I do with my clients is I take a peek behind the curtain, right? I want to look at their psychology. I want to look at their beliefs. I want to look at what obstacles are holding them back. I want to look at what they think is truly possible. And then we have to slowly reset that clock. We have to change those limiting beliefs so that they start to unlimit themselves. They start to loosen up and we start to shift to what we think is possible. And then we stop, to, we stop thinking about the impossible. Right? We start to create the opportunity, the abundance, the next level. So mindset's number one. It falls right in line. I was just in Nashville last week, and I gave a talk on branding, on personal branding, especially when it comes to podcasting, personal podcast branding. And it all centers around one thing, and that's being your unique you. 
and it's being yourself. It's getting past the same concepts there. It's the same thing. Give into who you are and not worry about whether or not over here is going to look at you and go, ah, you're not good enough to do that podcast or that doesn't fit with this podcast. Blank all that out. Forget all of that. Accept who you are. Utilize your talents, your qualities, your traits, and build your brand around that. And it's the, it's the same concept, just applied differently. Yeah, we, and, and you, what you're talking about is our story, right? We have to reset our story. We have to make sure, like so Tony Robbins has this great quote. He says, the past cannot affect you unless you choose to live there, right? So many folks choose to live in their past, right? But yet we're peak performers, right? We're, we're rock stars. We're visionaries. We want to create. We want to evolve. We want to change. We want to grow. You can't do those things when you're living in the past, right? Because that's the opposite of all those things. So in order to do that, you have to live in the present and the future, right? And so in order to, we have to eliminate the past. We can't be thinking about the past. You have to reset your story every day. You have to become the person that you want to be in the future. You have to live that. You have to immerse yourself in those feelings and those beliefs, right? So that, that takes resetting your mindset, it takes resetting the clock. And like you said, branding yourself. Who am I? Right? Who do I want to become? Who do I want to be? Forget about who you were last month or last week or last year. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It matters only because you're locked onto those limiting beliefs, right? Got to let them go for sure. Got to let them go. So that's number one. What's number two? Number two. Number two is what I call the plan of attack, right? So in the CBs, when we used to go overseas, right, these guys don't just jump out of planes and go, okay, we'll figure it out when we get on the ground. Right, like you have to decide what you're doing before you get there. Well, here's the funny thing, Larry. If you ask somebody about like their trip to Mexico, right? They know how they're getting to the airport. They know what seat they're sitting on in the plane, right? They know their transportation to the hotel. They know if their room faces the pool or if it faces the courtyard. They know what day they're going and hiking. They know what day they're going snorkeling. They know every detail of their one week trip to Mexico, right? Inside and out. They know the weather. They know when it's gonna rain. They know everything, right? But if you ask somebody, what do you want to accomplish this year in your life, in your business? What do you want for your kids, right? What do you want them to learn, right? What do you want to learn? What do you want to create? What, what kind of, what hobbies do you want to, do you want to learn? What, what kind of new things do you want to do? People have no idea. It's just this gray mass that kind of just floats around. They're like, maybe, right? Because we fail to plan, right? And when we fail to plan, we get what we get. And so the most, really the saddest thing that happens is when I, when I talk to coaching clients and they look back and they say to themselves, you know, the last five years, 10 years have all been the same. Like the guy from 10 years ago is really the same guy that's sitting in front of you right now, right? Peak performers, Larry, and this is probably the same for, holds true for you, can look in the mirror and think to themselves, man, the person from a year ago, like I, I, could, I could chew that person up and spit them out. Like, like, like that they could not handle the shit that I handled today. Right, the challenges, the problems that I solve today. Like that person from a year ago would cry if they had to handle what I handle, right? I'm constantly evolving, constantly getting better, right? But I have to have that plan to get me to where I wanna get. And it has to be what we call outcome driven or outcome based, right? Too many people are task focused and task focused gets you busy, right? And I don't want any of my clients to be busy. I want you driven to create high income or high gain activities. So what we do is we actually find out what are the obstacles that are blocking you? What's the hang up? What's the things that are keeping you from actually doing the high game activities, right? You know, you ever seen these entrepreneurs that run around, they're always, oh man, oh, so busy today. Oh my God, I just, I can't catch a break. It's just like, right? And I always say that these firefighters that are always putting out fires, right, Larry, they're actually behind the building with a match. 
They're secret arsonists, right? They like to light shit on fire. So at the end of the day, they can pat themselves on the back because they put out so many fires and they're like, yay me, right? But guess what? You didn't make any progress, right? There's no growth. Yeah. Yeah, there's no growth. There's no growth there. You're busy as hell. I've got someone that I meet with every day and we're accountability partners essentially. And I've seen him struggle and he's seen me struggle doing the same thing. Going, man, I, did you get your goals from yesterday accomplished? No, I had this, I had to do, and this I had to do, and that I had to do, and that I had to do. He's like, really? Did you really have to do that? But you were so busy all day. You weren't able to focus on the goals that we outlined from the day before. And it, it's a trap, man. It's a trap that we can find ourselves in so easily because we do. We end up, you know, wanting to stick our little chest out at the end of the day going, hey, honey, yeah, I had a busy day. I did this and this and this. But when you look back at the bank account or the lack of cash flow, you realize, ah, eh, I really didn't do a whole lot. I'll share with you a little secret. I call it three to thrive, right? Take your to-do list and be, be brutally honest with yourself. Take the three top most difficult, maybe the, and they're generally the things that have been on your to-do list for a week. Right, they're the hardest, they're the most difficult, they're the challenge. It's that tough ass phone call that you've you've been meaning to make that you just keep putting off. It's that person that you need to hire that you're afraid to hire because you don't know where the investment's gonna come from, right? It's that thing that you've been meaning to do. And Andy Frizzella said this really well the other day. He has a a podcast called Real AF, right? He said, he calls it your big monster, right? Like, you know, Brian Tracy calls it eating the frog. Eat the frog, right? Do the tough thing. Do the three toughest things on your to-do list and then throw the rest away. Right, because the, the majority of the time, you're skipping around the tough, the three toughest things and doing all the other BS to make yourself feel good. And the three tough things keep getting pushed to the next day, to the next day, to the next day. If you just do the three toughest things every day on your list, you can take the rest of the day off half the time, right? But be honest with yourself. I don't know if this podcast is for my audience or if it's for me. Maybe it's for you. I don't know. I get <laughs> hey, that my, It's resonating. Uh, it's hitting home today. Yeah, it's hitting home a little. It's like, oh, God. And so much for this episode, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. No, I appreciate that. No, it's great, man. So what is numero three? Number three, right? I call it check your toolkit, right? So when I was deploying you know, overseas, I had to bring tools with me. If I had to get to the job site, they don't just drop you off in the desert and you go to Home Depot, right? You got to bring everything with you, right? We as entrepreneurs have our own toolkit, right? You have CRMs, you have software, you have resources like humans, right? You have employees, you have team members, you have all of these resources, one of the biggest challenges in, in everyone's day-to-day, Larry, is what? It's shiny object syndrome, right? So many of us have exactly what we need to be successful. Like for years, I don't have a big enough yellow notepad. I got my little post-it notes. But for years in the real estate game, I had a pen, a notepad, and a cell phone. And I was doing $100,000 a month in assignment fees. Me, that was it. Cell phone, pen, notepad, right? No CRM, no, no nothing, right? Email, that's all I had. And so... The problem is we overcomplicate our life and then we don't use all these fancy tools and technology we have. We're constantly chasing the push button overnight millions of dollars. How do I make passive income? I hate the word passive income, by the way. It, it, there, there is such thing as it, but it's very much like like this. Everyone wants the you know easy $5,000 a month push button, make it happen. Guess what? The truth is it doesn't happen until you have a half million dollars to invest in a company and you've, you've made that money and you can start distributing it and investing in other companies. That's a sidebar, right? You have to make money to create passive income, folks. You have to be good at something, make enough money, and then go invest in something else so that you can create passive income, right? Like, you know, people say to you, like, how do I have 10 grand? I want to create pa- 
go make some more money. You don't have enough money to make passive income, right? So, and then that might be a shock to some folks, right? Make the money doing what you do well. Focus on doing the work and stop chasing the shiny objects, right? So what we do is an audit internally. What are the tools, systems, people, processes that are not being utilized to 100% of their capacity today, right? And let's clean that, let's clean house, right? If you're not using it, get rid of it. If it's great and it works, start using it, right? Because people treat their tools and resources like, like that January 1st gym membership. They're on the treadmill for a week and a half and then they miss one day and then they're like, I ain't going back. I'm good, I'm good, it didn't work for me, right? Guess what, your CRM is probably world freaking class. It probably works amazingly, but you gotta get in there and you gotta press the buttons, right? And you gotta take the notes, right? Yeah, and you probably paid a lot of money for it, right? So utilizing the tools at your disposal. Guess what, I can't build anything with the tools that I bring overseas if I don't pick the damn tools up and use them. Right, So we got to check our toolbox and we got to make sure we're using them effectively. Remember, it's always, it's a matter of being resourceful. It's never a matter of resources, right? If the pen and the notepad can do six figures a month, then the, sh the stuff that you guys have in front of you is guaranteed to be able to do that, right? And so many people have so such a hard time getting over, you know, the I got to find the thing. I got to find the next easy thing. The easy thing is doing the work a lot of times. Stop trying to not do the work. Just do the work. Yeah, it's, it's so interesting. Before we even started recording, I mentioned that I'm setting up a new camera here for the studio. And I literally went into a storage room that I have here and was digging through this chest of all of these attachments and all of this other tech and cables and this and that and converters and whatnot, trying to get this camera set up. And it just goes to show, if you look back at all of the things that are in that storage there, Everything that I've bought over the last six, seven years since I've been podcasting to try to build the business or try to accelerate the business or try to get the job done for me, it's in there sitting in a storage shed now. You know, it's just sitting there. It's not being utilized. I bought it, might have used it once or twice, didn't work for me, threw it, in, in, you know, in the storage. And I mean, that's a, a direct example of what you're saying right here. I mean, I lived it, I did it. Now I've learned from it and I know better than to do that now, but it's a very easy trap to fall in and people do it all the time. We kill so much time, which I'm gonna get into number four, with just stacking on stuff. And like, look, Larry, you have a, an amazing setup. You sound good, you look good, the background is good. All the other stuff in that room, it's excess, it's unnecessary. It's choking your time, it's literally, piling on you and creating more decisions and more problems that you don't need in your life, right? I pack it all up and get rid of it. It's not necessary to create what you need to create. This is all you need right in front of you, right? It's already working for you. So which leads me to number four, which is what I call controlling the clock, right? Controlling the clock. What do all the best sports teams in the world do? What does Tom Brady do when he's down by 21 points in the third quarter? right? Controls the clock. He's controlling the clock. He doesn't yeah. go sit on the bench and go, oh, this shit's over. What the hell's the point? I, you know, forget about it. We're done, right? No. He knows exactly how much time he has. If I run the ball, I run the clock out. If I throw the ball, maybe I get a touchdown and then I get the ball back and then I get, he knows exactly what he has to do to keep the ball in motion or to slow it down in order to control the time. Well, guess what? You and I have the same exact clock. We have what's called the rule of 168. And everyone on the earth has the same exact rule. There's 168 hours in every single week. And I don't care if you're Elon Musk, you're Oprah Winfrey, or you're anyone that anyone who's listening to this looks up to and emulates and says, man, I wish I had 
the, everything that person has, right? They have the same exact time each week that you do. So why is it that they've created what they've created or they've done what they've done or they've contributed what they've contributed because they're using their time differently, right? And in that time, we have to sleep, we have to eat, we have to pay bills, we have to do all the normal stuff. But we also have to do, and I allotted to it earlier, the high impact, high gain activities that create high income when we're at work, right? We have to take care of our family. We have to take care of our body. We have to take care of our mind. We have to journal. We have to listen to great podcasts. We have to become a good coach and a good leader to our people, right? We have to create growth and contribution. And so we have to also pay attention to our time management. So I do what's called a time management audit with all my coaching clients and make sure that they're putting every bit of effectiveness and efficiency into their 168 hours, right? And by the way, we spend more time making sure that people are, are working on their personal lives than their business lives because here's a little secret that I don't usually give out, Larry. When you're a better father and a better mother and a better husband and a better wife, you're a better business leader. You start making more money. When you start having more sex and you start having better relationships with your kids and you start reading more books and you start journaling and you get a better body and you start breathing better and working better and walking better and feeling better, your fucking checking account grows. It's magic, right? And I learned this the hard way, right? Remember back in the day when I was chasing money, I almost had a panic attack. Now I chase personal growth and I chase feeling good about myself and I chase a better relationship with my wife and I chase being a better father. And all of a sudden I'm not chasing money anymore. Money finds me because I've become a better leader to my people. I become a better you know, ability to be a better father. So when I work on my personal life, all of a sudden, this other stuff, it comes naturally, right? So when inside that time management audit, we have these four Ds. We either do it, we delay it, we delegate it, or we just dump it all together, right? So constantly, when things are coming in, in my peripheral or they're hitting my calendar, I'm constantly looking at them and thinking to myself, is it something I can do right now? Do I have a time gap? Is it something I can just knock out? Do I delay it, which means putting it on my calendar for later, which means I don't have to think about it. It's happening tomorrow at two o'clock, right? I can delegate it because I have a team member for it or I have to create a seat or find somebody to give it off to. And there's rules around all this. I'm kind of fast forwarding because I know we're taking up a little bit of time, right? Or sometimes when I delay it or I just dump it all together, sometimes you ever notice when you don't get back to that like the fire situation, the emergency text or someone's like, Larry, I need you, Larry, I need you, Larry, I need you, like a half an hour later, you do podcasts. Like I know you're not texting on podcasts, right? So like 45 minutes later, you're like, hey man, what, what can I do for you? Oh, never mind. I got it solved, right? A lot of times things dump themselves when you pay attention to your calendar. When you're scheduled properly, right? All, all those fires put themselves out because you're not reacting to them. So being proactive about your schedule and controlling the clock allows you to have a better control of your calendar and your life, right? And that's what that's where true time freedom comes from. And I love how it all ties back together. You've got the emotional optimism where your life is in order. So your business ends up being in order because you're more of a positive person. You're more of an uplifted person. You're more of a focused person. You've got all your ducks in a row, essentially. And, and then it goes right back to what you were just saying about, you know, ignoring the text, ignoring the little distractions. But that's going back to what you were saying earlier about not patting yourself on the back for putting out all those fires. This is how it all ties together. This is how it all complements each other. And I love the fact that out of the four so far, each and every one builds on the other and helps hold up and support the other as well. Round it out for us, Joe. What's number five? 
It's very holistic, and I'm glad you said that because it was a good segue because, guys, you could have all four, right? You could have the mindset. You could have strategy. You could have the toolkit, right? You could have the control of the clock. But if you guys don't do number five, it doesn't matter, right? And number five is what I call the trifecta. There's three pieces of it. First piece, you have to execute, right? Guess what? You could have all those things together, but if you don't take action or, or what we call lack of execution is what holds people back, right? If we don't go out there and do it, right? Then it doesn't matter if you strategize. You heard about analysis paralysis, Larry? I had somebody call me a couple weeks ago. We did a discovery call and she said, I have a master's degree in real estate. And I went through the fortune builders, a coaching session, paid them $50,000 to coach with them. I said, that's amazing. How much real estate do you own? She has, I haven't bought anything yet. Holy crap. I said, I'm a C student. I barely got out of high school. I barely graduated. And you're telling me that I've done how many more deals than you? Like, what are you talking about? You can't have analysis paralysis, folks. You got to go take action. Take a step forward. There is risk in creating reward, right? Nobody's going to take all the risk out of it. You got to go out there and execute, right? The second piece of it is you have to learn to course correct. You have to learn to pivot because here's the fact. I, I believe this, actually. They say like 65% of small businesses fail in the first three years. I believe, Larry, that it's because people are so dead set on this is what I do, right? And so when shit like COVID happens, right? And, and then by the way, I'm not ragging on anyone who lost their business or had a hard time or couldn't find a way to pivot because let's face it, if you're in the, the restaurant business, for example, like you might not have been able to pivot, right? But certain people, there's just no way to pivot, right? But for some people that like had office businesses and didn't find a way to go on Zoom, well, shame on you. You should have found a way to pivot, right? I had a 15 person sales team and we went on Zoom and We've been on Zoom ever since. We've been virtual ever since. We, we left the office, right? You got to find a way to course correct, right? When there's obstacles in your way, you got to go over them, through them, under them, around them. You got to find a way to pivot when there's a problem, right? You can't just avoid the problem. And so course correction is number two. And last but not least, you got to be find an accountability partner, right? I use this analogy all the time. I used to have this gym partner. Actually, my business partner used to be my gym buddy. We used to go to this Planet Fitness, right? And we would meet at 5 a.m. And we've since changed the rules, but back then it would be like, I'd roll over at 4.15, I'm from the Northeast, it's cold, I'm under the covers, it's warm. I'd, I'd text him and be like, yo man, I feel, I'm, I'm not feeling like it today. And he'd text me back, yeah, no, you're right, right? Now imagine if I was paying a trainer 100 bucks an hour to meet me at that gym and I texted him, yo man, I'm not feeling like it today. He'd be like, no problem. You can either get your ass out of the bed and meet me here because I'm already here, or you can pay me 100 bucks an hour. Which one do you want? I don't give a shit. Either way, I'm getting paid, right? Like, which one are you more accountable to, right? When you have skin in the game and you have somebody holding you accountable, you're going to do it more often than not, right? If, the, if your accountability partner is in alignment with your failure, guess what, right? You don't have an accountability partner, right? So who's gonna let you off the hook and who's gonna keep you accountable? And that's the trifecta. When you have those three things, you're going to execute more often than not and get the results that you seek. Before we start really kind of wrapping, can you go through the five one more time? Just highlight, boom, 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 give us the five. Mindset. Yep. Right? Strategy. Yep. Check your toolkit. Control yep. the clock. Execution, course correction, accountability. Awesome. Man, Joe, I got to tell you, I, I didn't know that we were going to get this level of info out on this podcast. And that's no insult to you. I just didn't know where it was going. But this was so powerful. This was so strong. And I know that people that listen to this episode are going to want to know more about you. They're going to want to learn more about your strategies and your coaching techniques and what you do. I know you've got two separate podcasts. Tell us about each podcast and where people can find them. 
Yeah, so legacy builder blueprint or legacy the legacy blueprint. I get this confused because we have the legacy builder coaching program. The Legacy Blueprint podcast is really, it's our, that's our go-to. We used to have the Flip King podcast, which was real estate related. And I think that's still on our bio, but really it's a Legacy Blueprint podcast. And that's really where we interview. I love that. That's like, like my personal passion project because we interview a lot of business owners. And what I like to do is I like to talk about, you know, their pitfalls, their roadblocks, their struggles, what got them to the point that they're at. Because so many folks, I think, get get stuck somewhere along the way, right? They don't want to execute Maybe they got a bad deal or they got a bad uh, week or month or they had a setback or you know, they're, they're, they have a side hustle and they're afraid to quit their nine to five. Like something is keeping them from moving and struggling, right? To get to their success level. And it's so impactful and important to me to help people understand that, guys, we get punched in the face every single day. Like I don't care what level of success you have. Uh, you know, I'm a multimillionaire. I have multi, multiple businesses. I talk about this all the time and I'm a small fish. I have friends who are worth hundreds of millions of dollars and we have phone calls all the time about how they get punched in the face every single day. Like, like we're constantly making mistakes. We're constantly overcoming obstacles. We're constantly getting slapped in the face on the Tuesday afternoon randomly. Like, like I want people to understand that this is entrepreneurship. Like there is no, like you get to a certain level and you get to just go lay on a lounge chair. Like that's not what we seek. We seek evolution. We seek growth. We seek challenges. That's the part of the fun of it. And that's why they say you have to enjoy the ride, right? And that's what the, that's what the podcast is all about. It's it, hearing real life stories of the struggles that we all go through. That's cool, man. That's a great approach to the, to the podcast. And I did some research on it. I listened to a couple of episodes. I think it's a tremendous show. I think it's great. I wish you nothing but the best on that show. I, I, it's, it's really insightful information and a lot of it's actionable information as well and i think that's what's so critical and, and sets your show apart from so many others that are out there is you provide actionable insight in, into business and how to improve what we're doing each and every day so all people need to do is as you mentioned earlier execute so yeah i appreciate that yeah, man most definitely absolutely so, well joe i want to say thank you man seriously this was tremendous i appreciate your time i appreciate the episode and uh, I can't wait for the audience to hear it. Honestly, it's going to be great, man. So, yeah. So b before we go, if you don't mind, I actually want to offer your guests the opportunity. Our my my COO, I'm actually my right hand man in the coaching space, would like to offer the opportunity for your listeners if they want anybody who's an entrepreneur or looking to transition in the entrepreneur space. He'll offer them a just a, a 15 minute chat session, right, to talk about what it is that that they're doing right now, what it is that they might want to do in the future as far as what it is their opportunities are that are open to them. So they can go to legacybuilder.coach and they can set up a coaching call with Will and uh, he'll spend 15 minutes with them one-on-one, -on -one, talk to them and figure out where it is they want to head. Again, if you're a business owner or you're an entrepreneur of any sort, or you have a side hustle and you want to turn it into a real business, he's happy to spend some time with you. That's awesome. We'll be sure to have those links in the show notes so that everybody can reach out and make contact with Will and take advantage of this phenomenal offer. So thank you so much for that. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Joe. Everybody, this has been another awesome episode of the Readily Random Podcast. Remember, if you're new to the show, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. We appreciate each and every one of you. And by subscribing, even leaving a rating or a review, we really appreciate that as well. It helps the algorithm and it helps us get found out there so we can grow our reach, grow our audience, and help even more of you awesome entrepreneurs that are out there. So thank you once again for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. See ya.